Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 28. Offer up all suffering to God. People speak of Christ's suffering on the cross. They don't realize that in his absolute conquest over ego, he was happy to offer his life as a sacrifice for others. He thereby took unto himself their karma. He himself, however, however, was immune to pain of all kinds. The suffering he felt was for man's indifference to God. Oh dear, here we are again. We're not dealing with anything simple, are we? Now we're dealing with the suffering of Christ, which is wonderful to contemplate. Personally, one of the reasons I took on this book um, was because I know how deep it is. And I have long felt that the best way to solve any problem is to take it to its highest potential. It's sort of like, why bother with intermediary stages? My friend Haridas came up with an acronym that we always enjoyed. He called it Spy Dog. Solve problems in direction of God. Which means there might be a small way to make yourself feel better, but why not take an infinite way to make yourself feel better? Suffering, disappointment, heartbreak, struggle. These are just the conditions of life. These are the dualities of the material world that we all live with. But if if every time we're faced with a challenge, we do our best to turn it toward the highest potential, turn it toward our real goal, not just sort of satisfy myself in the moment, you know, just have a pint of ice cream and forget about my problems, but really try to use the discriminating power of the intuition, to use the um, healing power of divine love, to use the freedom that comes with deep meditation to really resolve and transcend it rather than just put a band-aid on it that's just going to be ripped off and cause the whole thing to just sort of break open and bleed again. So he says, offer up all suffering to God. I mean, that alone, that's a very interesting question, isn't it? There's this traditional, primarily Catholic point of view that the more we suffer, the more pleasing we are to God. And it traces back to see how much God, uh, Jesus suffered for us, and we have to suffer like Jesus suffered. It's a distortion. There's a, there's a part of it that has some truth, but it's, it's not a teaching for Dwapara Yuga. So when he says, offer up all suffering to God, what is he actually telling us to do? As I understand this, well, there's multiple sides to it. Many great saints literally offer their suffering as a, as, as a way to help work out the karma of others. Now, the actual ability to take karma onto yourself for someone else is not something that one should try to do or almost anyone can do. I'll just give you an example of that. In his, in his techniques for healing, Master talks about using your willpower to regenerate a severed limb. He talks about just by will being able to just transform your broken body. In other words, 
He doesn't have a small idea of what the human consciousness is capable of. But when it comes to the question of taking on karma for other people, he says only, advanced yogis, by a secret technique, can take on the karma of others. And I always found that very interesting, because he doesn't encourage us to do it, he doesn't even hint as how it's done, and he starts by saying, advanced yogis, which is to say, if you don't already know how to do it, you can't do it. And even the effort to do it is fraught with difficulty for this reason. First of all, um, let, me, let me just think for a second. We don't know always what is really in the best spiritual interests of other people. We just have this idea, you're suffering, I'll take your suffering away from you. But it may not be at all helpful for you to take that suffering away from that person. That person may be right on the cusp of breaking through some enormous karmic difficulty and just a little more pressure in the form of suffering is going to cause them to burst out with some divine understanding. Or maybe there's just a little more karma to be burned off before everything reverses itself and goes in an upward direction. And even if you have the power to come in and take that karma away, you also have to have the wisdom to know whether you should do it. And I read there's a a woman who was called Peace Pilgrim. That's all she called herself. I don't know who she was. She was an American. Um, There's a few books that she wrote, which are wonderful books to read. She was an extraordinary lady. She found herself gifted with tremendous healing powers. And she had, see, what, what you have when you have healing power is a person suffers because there's a certain energetic pattern within them that creates either a physical disability or a mental crimp, whatever it might be, but it's just an energy pattern. And what, what a healer does, what healing is, is either time, drugs, hands-on, prayer, some kind of energy comes in and shifts that pattern. When that pattern is shifted, then the manifestation also shifts, which is to say the symptoms can be relieved, the depression can be lifted, whatever it might be, depending on the amount of energy, the blind can be made to see. So this woman was gifted and realized she had tremendous power, and she had sufficient power to take away people's physical symptoms that were causing them pain. So her first thought was, yes, of course I should do this. So she just did this rather consistently until she began to see that the consequences of taking away physical pain by the intervention of her energy did not often bring about a positive result. In multiple cases, people just remanifested the symptoms because they weren't really done with it. They weren't really ready to be free of it. So she just stopped it for a while and then it just came right back. I'm sure you've heard stories about this. This has happened with people. In a few cases, relief of their symptoms actually caused them more grief. There's a story that Swami used to tell about this young girl. Um, she was a, a saint as a, as a young girl, like in her 12 or 13 years old. She had miraculous heal, healing powers. She could, she could pray for people and heal them. She could actually take their symptoms onto her body, take them off of their body and onto her body. Now, her own father was invalided, and everybody kept asking her, why don't you pray for your father? You're healing perfect strangers. And she kept saying, it, it, don't ask me to do that. Don't ask me to do that. 
Finally, her family was pressuring her so much, she said, all right, but you'll see. So she healed her father. He became well and strong. He immediately began living a profligate life, became a drunkard and a, a, a libertine, and, and spent all the family money and completely ruined his life and the life of the family. And she said, I told you. So there's also that. We have to know merely to relieve pain is not really to help someone. So we can't really do that casually unless we really are given by God. So this woman, Peace Pilgrim, simply began to work in a completely different way. She began to lift people's consciousness so they had the power to face into their challenges with more capability than she did. And eventually she stopped that aspect of her ministry altogether and took up a completely spiritual life without that element in it. They're not contradictory, but she didn't feel called. But many saints either deliberately take on suffering and they offer it for the liberation of souls, like the liberation of souls that are in hell, or to liberate souls from purgatory, if you're going to use those very Catholic images, or they just offer it to God for the salvation of others. And they do it happily. That's the important point. It's like, I have a strong body. I can do this. It's at a certain point for a a person of advanced consciousness to take on suffering deliberately by by starving themselves or tying a, a thorn into their wrist or all kinds of things that are you hear that are not that are not easily comprehensible it's just as the same as oh that's a heavy box i'll carry it for you when a strong person sees a weaker per- person carrying a box they just pick up the box and carry it the weaker person may be struggling trying to carry the box the strong person just moves it and it it's no sacrifice for the strong person to do it because they have the strength to live in it in the right way so when a, an advanced saint either offers their suffering or deliberately incurs more suffering for the sake of others. It's like, I I want to add my strength to those who need it. So that is one way that we offer our suffering to God. Sir, may this, you know, that I'm enduring, may the power of my tapasya and my willing devotion to accept this challenge, may the, the benefits of, of what I'm doing accrue also to others who may be in need. And we may even pray that, you know, that my suffering will help uplift someone that we happen to know who will uplift it. So that's one way of offering suffering, and that can alleviate, um, you know, some of the rebellion or resentment or give us the strength to do it. If, if a mother knows that her sleeplessness in the care of her ill child will deeply benefit the child, she willingly and happily offers that sleeplessness. Even though it's difficult and it's not comfortable, the, the, the transcendent reason for it changes the whole dynamic. Jesus offering his body on the cross, he was very happy to do it. He was a strong man whose body could be crucified. And it, he, he was so distant, he was so undefined by his body that it was the far distant piece of the limb. And even though it was happening to his body, his consciousness was somewhere else, and he was, to say the least, an advanced yogi. He was an avatar, and he knew how to draw the karma of his disciples through his body. That's all I can say about it, because, of course, I don't know it. The other way to offer our suffering to God is in gratitude. 
I know that you're sending this to me because you love me, and I know that through this suffering, something, some blessing will come to me. Freedom will be gained, even if only for me. You can pray that may my suffering in the end be of benefit to others, but you have to leave that in God's hand because that's just an offer we can make unless we know the advanced yogic technique, we don't know how to do it. But we can just also offer that suffering just by saying, whatever you send me, Lord, I am so glad to have it. We accept with gratitude whatever comes to us. Is this easy to do? No, this is not easy to do. But even the effort to do it, and this is where the wisdom aspect of God really comes into play. If there were any other way for me to come to freedom, which is my goal in life, then God would take me through that route. If God is sending me this karma to suffer mentally or physically or spiritually in this way, it's an absolutely necessary step for where the eternal bliss to which he is taking me. So why would I not rejoice? And and what we have to realize is we can live on many levels at the same time. On the deepest part of ourselves, we can be very, very blissful. And even if on another level we're suffering. When I first moved to Ananda Village, I had my first Christmas there. I moved in June and then we had Christmas. And Swami expanded the celebration of Christmas. We had this wonderful three-day celebration of meditation and a party and a banquet. It was just absolutely blissful. It was my first Christmas ever, really, because I'd grown up Jewish. And I knew a little about Christmas, of course, growing up in a, in a more predominantly Christian country of the USA. But it was my first inner communion Christmas, and it was transcendent. And I remembered it for years afterwards, and I would tell people, be at Ananda for Christmas. Even if your parents disown you, it doesn't make any difference. Just be at Ananda for Christmas. Now, simultaneously, that first year that I was Ananda, many things in my life just exploded. Many cherished beliefs about myself, many attachments, many expectations were just all shredded up, like in a paper shredder. Just, whoo, there's Asha's life, just going into the paper shredder. And here's everything that she thought she was, just going into the paper shredder, just coming out in these little pieces. And I didn't enjoy that. I really didn't enjoy that. So much so that I had this picture of Christmas Eve, which was one of the high points of the whole memory. And I always, for some reason, was viewing the scene of Swami at the harmonium, surrounded by a group of people singing like angels, these gorgeous Christmas songs. I was always viewing it slightly from a distance in my memory. And literally, like six or seven years later, I was telling someone about the first Christmas and what a Christmas it was. And I suddenly remembered why I saw Christmas Eve at a distance. Because I was sobbing. And there was this big oil heater And there was a little space between the wall and the oil heater. I was tray, tray dramatic. What can I say? That was just who I was. So I had sequestered myself behind the heater with a big paper towel. And I was just sobbing into the paper towel because my life was going into the paper shredder. And I just didn't know what was going to happen. I totally forgot. I totally forgot for seven years. Because emotionally, I was a mess. Spiritually, I was ecstatic. That's what it is when we offer it to God. Yes, I know this is awful. But really, I know what's happening is that my soul is racing home. 
So we live on all levels simultaneously, but the only one that lasts is the spiritual freedom. Offer up all suffering to God. People speak of Christ's suffering on the cross. They don't realize that in his absolute conquest over ego, he was happy to offer his life as a sacrifice for others. He thereby took on to himself their karma. He himself was immune to pain of all kinds. The suffering he felt was for man's indifference to God. God bless you all. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.